Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. It's the Hebrew word Shema, and it means to hear. And it literally means to hear intelligently with the idea of listening with the intent of being obedient to whatever we've heard. That's the idea, to listen with the intent of doing something about it. That's what it means when he says that they may hear and that they may learn. The word learn there means literally to teach and to goad. You know, when you take a goad, when you take a stick and you hit a cattle on the, on the posterior end to get him moving, that's the idea. You, you goad them. You, you, they need to learn, right? It's the same word. You know, hear and learn. Hear. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Moses delivered God's message to the priests and elders of Israel, commanding them to read the law to all the people at the end of every seven years. This was a reminder to them from where they came and how they arrived where they are. They were to hear and obey. As Christians, we too are reminded in the New Testament over and over again that he who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says. May we always have those ears. And now, if you have your Bible handy, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31 and let's follow along with Pastor Rob. I feel like you're in a desert where God is, it doesn't seem to be like he's doing anything right now. Everyone goes through those times. Don't be discouraged. Don't think that God has given up on you. Sometimes there's a calm, and then there's a great blessing. Or there may be a storm, but he's going to get you through it. And you know, sometimes I think those are the sweetest times, because those are the times that God is really seeing how we're going to respond to him. Based on what we already know, based on what we've already experienced with him, it's almost like he's saying, you know, I've invested so much, I'm going to see now the fruit of what I've done in your life. I'm just going to sit back. There's going to be something coming in your life. You're not going to understand it, but I've prepared you. I've already given you the grace to deal with it. If you'll call on me, I'm just going to sit back. I'm with you, but I'm going to watch. And you're not going to have the bells and the whistles like when you first got saved where I answered every single prayer on demand, it seemed. Now you're going to have to walk a little bit by faith, son, daughter. You're going to have to walk a little bit by faith, Because that's how he encourages us. That's how we learn to walk by faith. Because then when we don't hear from him, and then we respond because of what he's already shown us, what he's already done in us, we respond in the right way, saying, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That's a witness to me. Remember, it says in in, in Acts when it says that you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Not witnesses to anybody else. I mean, they certainly were a witness. But you look at it, it says, witnesses to me. I want to see what I've invested in you. I want to sit back and watch the fruit come forth of the work that I've already done in your life. 
Do you think that brings God pleasure to see? When he's not spoon-feeding you, all of a sudden he takes a spoon away and he's saying, okay, I want to see how you're walking. Are you going to walk by faith or are you going to walk by sight? And boy, those are the toughest times in our walk, but those are the sweetest times. Notice back in our chapter now, chapter 31, he says, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. And again, he will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear and nor be dismayed. He said this to Joshua, and I'll just read the first five verses of Joshua, chapter 1. You look at the first 18 verses. I'm just going to read the first five. Because it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving you, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great seed going toward going down toward the sun, which is in the rises in the east, it sets in the west, that's the Mediterranean. He's talking about the Euphrates and then the, the sea of uh, the Mediterranean Sea. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Notice, I will never I will not leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you. In Hebrews chapter thirteen, the author says this And he's referring back to the verse that we're reading right now. He says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? But he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The author of the book of Hebrews is leading us right back to the same verse that we just looked at here in verse 8. He's saying, go back there and check that out. Just as he said. Just as he said. Let's go on in verse 9. It says, So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord and and to all the leaders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time, in the year of release, At the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. And you know uh, how appropriate it is that it is going to be read during the Feast of Tabernacles because this is really a remembrance of God's faithfulness to the children of Israel during their 40-year desert wanderings. That's what the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles was all about, his faithfulness, his provision for them. And, and, and how wonderful that it's at the, the year of release. Every six years, you'd have, if you had a slave for six years, in the seventh year, you were to let him go free. He served enough time. He's got a life. Don't treat him harshly. And so in this Feast of Tabernacles, every seven years, they were to read this book of the law, the whole law, probably from Genesis all the way through Deuteronomy, reading it to them. He says, gather the people, Together, men and women and little ones and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn. Underline the word hear and underline the word learn. These words are significant. That they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. The word hear is a, is a word that we remember 
It's the Hebrew word shema, and it means to hear. And it literally means to hear intelligently with the idea of listening with the intent of being obedient to whatever we've heard. That's the idea, to listen with the intent of doing something about it. That's what it means when he says that they may hear and that they may learn. The word learn there means literally to teach and to goad. You know, when you take a goad, when you take a stick and you hit a cattle on the, on the posterior end to get him moving, that's the idea. You, you goad them. You, you, they need to learn, right? It's the same word, the, you know, hear and learn, hear. The Shema, remember in Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It's the same word here. Hear with the intent of doing something about it, because God, remember, wants to instruct them. And we have to listen. We have to wake up, and we have to listen to what God is saying, especially as New Testament Christians in this time that we live in. More importantly than any other time in history, we need to be listening with both ears and a heart wide open because there are so many things going on around us that are set and bent on your deception to deceive you, to keep you from walking in the way that he would. Believe me, there are so many things so many things now that are distracting you, I would encourage you to take stock of everything that you're doing. Take a healthy look at everything you're listening, everything you're watching, what you're doing with your time, everything you're listening to. Who cares what Christians think about Fox News? Is that really going to save you? Is that really going to be the thing that's going to keep your head on straight? No. (laughs) The Word of God is. So why do we spend so much time listening to the news when we got such a great preventer? Why do you want marshmallow fluff when you got a you got a, a a beautiful diet of everything available to you and it's so rich, it's so good, it's so healthy, and yet we settle for the Cheetos of life. Things that crunch, but it's so empty. There's nothing inside. Cotton candy, sweet to the mouth, but it's nothing inside. It melts in your mouth and it becomes nothing. And yet most Christians are, that's what they're living on. It's like a broken cistern. Isn't that what Jeremiah said? God encouraged them. Why why are they going after these broken cisterns? Why don't they come to me, the fountain of the living waters? What a funny, horrible thing that we would settle for something so second when God has given us the very best. It's true. Examine your hearts, folks. Examine everything in your life and put away anything and everything that is competing with your devotion to Christ. Do it tonight. Do it tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. The deceptions are going to get worse and worse. Have you not noticed that even in our Sunday morning services... And this happened even before Pastor Jeff left. I noticed it. So it's not just because I'm here. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, uh, but, you know, it's like, but honestly, there's, there's such a, um, people in churches are falling away. They're, they're, they're getting interested in other things. And they're just like, oh, it's not really important to me anymore. I can, you know, do this. And Well, are you? The Bible says not to forsake ourselves. So why are so many churches starting to empty out now? Is the truth not good enough anymore? Is the truth not good enough? Is Jesus not good enough? Is the Bible not worth getting together again? Is it not worth getting together and worshiping the Lord together? 
It's a phenomenon right now in the church, not just here, but everywhere. People are getting deceived. People who are once coming every Sunday, now they're, they're staying home and playing golf and watching the game. That's why God invented DVR. <laughs> you can watch it later, but do the most important thing. Actually, he didn't invent that. He could care less. But where is the heart of the church today? It's gotten cold. It really has. People are falling away like flies, and it's happening in great amounts because people aren't willing to hear the love of the truth. Isn't that what it says in the Scripture? They don't want the love of the truth. They want something else. Are they going to heaven? I'm sure. Hopefully all of them. But there are many leaving just because it's, uh, I don't like this part of the church. I don't like that part of the church. Well, guess what? Whatever church you go to, Consider not going because you may be the one thing that messes it up. Because <laughs> I'm imperfect, and so are you. So it's okay that we're together, and there's no perfect church. There's no perfect fellowship. We've all got our problems and issues. And you know that if you go skipping around, you can go anywhere. It doesn't matter anywhere. You can go anywhere, and there's problems, issues, things that you're not going to like, things that you're really going to like, but, ah, I don't, man, the preaching is so good, the teaching of the Word is so wonderful, oh, man, I love it, but the food is bad, I'm leaving. And the cafe doesn't even give me the Starbucks little K-cups anymore, it's just this green mountain stuff that they get from BJ's. I mean, do they really love me? I mean, show me the love. Cheap Talk is cheap. I want the, I want the Starbucks. You're going to give me green mountain? I mean, Really? You got it on sale for half price? Don't you love me anymore? But seriously, folks, grab somebody and bring them to church. They need to be here. We need to be here to be encouraged because things are happening in our country. Things are happening in the world. Things are happening in the church right now that are diabolical. And they're after your attention, and they are stripping so many away. I'll just leave it there. But be encouraged, but be also very sober. And take notice of your own heart. Verse 13, and, and that their children who have not known it. Speaking of, you know, we are in verse 12. And verse 13 says, And that their children who have not known it have not heard these things, that they may hear and they may learn to fear the Lord God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. Notice there's a great danger by not reading and living the word of God to our kids and grandchildren. What is the danger? What's this? The next generation, they will not, um, will not know it if you don't share it with them, if you don't live it out before them. They will not have seen it in action, and they won't understand the blessings and the curses attached to obedience and disobedience, respectively. You know, one of the worst things, passages of Scripture that are really scary is at the very end of the book of Joshua. It says this in the 31st verse of chapter 24. It's near the end. It says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. So we're, we're, we're coming to the end of Moses' life. So he's run his race. Now Joshua takes the mantle, takes the baton, and he's going to run with it. And toward the end, it says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. But notice what it says in Judges chapter 2, verses 7 through 11, it says this, So the people served the Lord 
all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen, notice, all the great works of the Lord which he had done now in Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old, and they buried him within the border of his inheritance at timnath Herez in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. Notice verse 10. This is the horrible part. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them, who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, served these false gods. And this was the result of not sharing the truth with their sons and their daughters, their grandkids. This was the result of just living a, a, an American Christian life. Folks, I love this country. I really do, but there is a great danger because we have everything, and yet we have nothing. There are people in other countries who are living off of very much less. They're in, they're in poverty and from what we would see, and yet God is doing great things amongst them. And the only reason I believe God is not doing something, you know, doing greater things in our midst, he's doing great things, but I think the reason why we're not seeing them happen as frequent and as often is because we have other helps. We don't need him. We've got other things we can do. We can take medicines, and there's nothing wrong with taking a medicine. There's nothing wrong with going for a surgery like I did. Believe me, I prayed that God would heal me. <laughs> but when they take the x-ray and they say, this thing is continuing to grow, and if you don't get it out of there the potential of it taking your life. It's very possible. Got to get it out of there. Okay. <laughs> Cut me. <laughs> but we're not hungry. We're not thirsty. We're not desperate. One thing I know that God responds to wonderfully is desperation. I'll never forget when Pastor Jeff, and this that's why this chapter means so much to me because when Pastor Jeff and Linda left, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, talk about the, you know, we, we just naturally went to these places like Moses and Joshua, Pastor Jeff being like the Moses, and then the, the Joshua stepping into his footsteps, and that was to be me, a type, in a, I guess, in a sense. Or Elisha, Elijah and Elisha, you know, Pastor Jeff being the Elijah and this younger guy coming up, Elisha. And this chapter really means a lot to me for that reason, but it's so important that we are sharing these things and not allowing ourselves to be taken off course. We have to really take stock and say, Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing with this life that you have purchased with your own blood? Am I just playing games? i got to wake up. But one of the things that God responds to in a wonderful way is desperation because when Pastor Jeff and Linda left, I was like the proverbial minnow being tossed into the very deep end of the pool, way over my head. And all of you were praying. Many of you were praying, and I know it because it, it, it was one of the sweetest times I think I've ever experienced. It was sweet for the whole church as well. We all did it. You know, this is just a little bit over a year now. But, you know, he responds to desperation. Because Kathy and I both, we were like, Lord, if you don't do something, we're going to die. <laughs> you know, you've got to do something. 
We don't have it within us. I didn't have it within me. I still don't. I'm not arrived. I'm not going to arrive. No one arrives until we're home with him, right? But I didn't even know I had it in me. I didn't even know I could. You're going to have to do it. I don't know how to do this. Never been in a situation like this. I never went to school for this kind of thing. Music, yes. Very comfortable doing that. But this. So we cried out to him. And he did it. He's doing it. And the same thing with the children of Israel. He just won't stop. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he glorious? Isn't he great and awesome? Aren't you glad that you're going to meet him? You know, when you feel like your worship is stuck and maybe you're feeling a little dry, read those chapters in the early chapters of the book of Revelation. It just talks about Jesus in his glorified state with the hair white as lightning, his eyes like a flame of fire. Read that and read it again. Close your eyes and dwell upon it because that's who we're going to see. And all of this earth is going to be like a faded memory. It's going to be like a, a bump in the road that was just insignificant. We're going to see him face to face. Looking forward to that. Let's stand. Let's pray. We're going to stop there, obviously. We'll, we'll pick up in verse uh, 14. I knew I wouldn't get through it. But I think the Lord had something for us that I didn't plan on. But know that the Lord loves you. He created you with a great purpose. And if you don't know what that purpose is right now, that's okay. Seek him. He's able. He's able to to get you where you need to be. It's very easy for him. Trust me, if he can speak and and things come into being that were not there before, because that's what he did with the earth and the universe. He spoke and these things came into, into existence when there was nothing. How much? Folks, how much, brother and sister, can he touch and change and get through to you, even when you are thinking to yourself, you know, my, I'm just involved in so much sin. I, I, I've messed up so much, God. There's nothing. I don't deserve it. Of course we don't deserve it. None of us could ever deserve it. He can break through the fog with a three trillion candle power light. Can he dissipate the fog that's in your life, that's fogging your life in your way, believe me, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He is able to dispel the darkness surrounding you when you feel like you're nothing and you feel like you're washed up. He can take it and he can do something beautiful. He wants to. Are you willing? Do you want him to? He's got a great plan for each one of us. Embrace him. Embrace him. Give your heart completely to him. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for these exhortations in your word, Lord. You've, Lord, encouraged us. You've exhorted us. And, Lord, we're thankful that you are such a great heavenly father. Lord, you're not angry with any of us. Lord, you desire for us to be pure. And in your eyes, and only in Christ, are we pure in your eyes. But, Lord, we see something different of ourselves. Lord, help us not to be overcome with sorrow as we look at ourselves in the mirror, as we look at our own hearts and reflections and get discouraged, Lord. You are greater than our heart. You are greater than all, Lord. Help us tonight to make changes in our life about what we think, what we see, what we eat, what we wear, what we think about, what we watch, 
what we listen to, everything, Lord. Help us to revive us in whatever way we need to be revived. We love you, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.